You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There are so many amazing free plugins available for download right now to help you with your production and mixing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash plugins to download and get access to a bunch of free and premium plugins on Plugin Boutique. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to Mixing Music. I'm your host, DK. We have a very special episode today. I have a very special guest. Um, This guest has nothing to do with music, but it is very, very important and pertinent to your business in the studio as a mix engineer or as a producer, as a recording engineer, as an artist. This is very important. I have uh, a marketing company that I'm a part of that I own called Launchpod Media, where we help businesses market through podcasts, do sales through podcasts. Um, and this is the head of our marketing on our team at Launchpod Media, Caden Kilpack. Caden, do you want to introduce yourself briefly? Yeah. So I came into Launchpod about in October. Uh, I'm a big time lover of marketing in its terms. I love everything about it. It's fun to take a business and think about when it has a good product, reaching a broader audience, doing a better message. And marketing at the end of the day is not competing on price. It's the art of that. And so helping something be worth its own value to the person who's taking the time to do it. So that was a beautiful thing that you just said right off the bat. So I invited Caden on because he is a marketing specialist. And I'm, and I, to a certain degree, you talk a lot as well, like me. So I wanted to argue with you about you know, my perspective <laughs> of things. Because we were doing this in the car the other day about how to price the studio rates, how to price mixing rates, etc., um, in the terms of, you know, the marketplace, but as well as for different services and whatnot. And you said something beautiful. Marketing is the art of what? Not competing on price. Not competing on price. What does that mean, Caden? You are a service business. It's not like a product exchange. You can't just grab a mixed track out of the back of, you know, your backpack and just hand it to someone when it's their track they want mixed. It takes time out of your day at a certain point you can't charge a low price and provide the same quality to so many people. At a certain point, people need to believe that your product is so good, whatever you feel your time is worth, they're willing to pay for it. And those who don't value your time the same, don't waste your time. Exactly. And it's interesting to me because mixing specifically is a little bit more service-oriented than I would say recording. Recording is usually 
Do you have the tools? Do you have the know-how? A little bit more flexibility. Let's just go to the closest recording studio within our budget. But especially as far as mixing, it's all about trust and getting over the barriers of trust and getting them to trust you to work on their songs. And I think the first uh, barrier you're going to have too, you're looking at people's perception of you before they've met you. If your prices don't reflect a quality service, they're probably not expecting much when they come to meet with you. Ooh, that's a really good one. So you're saying that if you price yourself too cheap, there's no way in hell someone can expect for you to have a premium service. They're going to treat you like a cheap service if you price yourself like a cheap service. So let's talk about that first. So I have a little bit of mixed feelings about pricing and how to offer cheap versus large, but there's two types of business models in my mind, and maybe definitely infinitely more, Mm -hmm. but the two type that I see in my mind is low cost or low price and high customer rate, right? Or for to make the same amount of money you need to, or on the other hand, low customers, high rate. Now there's risk and pros and cons to both. The pro about having high, high customer rate, low cost is that even if you lose one or two customers, it's not going to affect you, right? And on the other hand, if you're low customers, high cost, you get to spend more time and get to work on your craft a little bit more and to focus on each customer to make sure that they have a great experience. But at the same time, if one or two stop making music, it's going to affect you a lot more. Yeah, and I think if it's at a certain price where you have more people who want to use it than you allow, even at the price, you still have a line behind them of people who want to use you you can fill in with. Whereas if you're too cheap and then your time's gone and people find someone else, they probably might not care later because they don't see you as premium. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really good point as well. So I'm thinking in my mind, if I'm just starting, whether it's a studio as a mix engineer, the first time that I would make my price is based around what other people do around me. And I hate to say this, but potentially depending, if, especially if I'm new, like if I'm experienced in just moving to a new spot, that's a different story. But if I'm just starting my business for the first time as a new mix engineer, one of the only ways that I can differentiate and get new customers at first would have to be dealing with low cost clients. Yeah. And you can, you can frame control. You can control their perception, right? You don't have to charge what you say your price is. Now I might say my time's worth a hundred dollars an hour, but I'm trying to rebuild my portfolio. I'm going to discount that for you. Mm. That's a very good sales tactic because one, you're putting your value to appear high, but you're giving them a high value exchange by giving them a discount at the beginning. Yeah. And, and that's a really good point because you should be giving one of the things I really believe in is you should be giving a discount in exchange for something. Whether mm-hmm. it's, hey, I'm going to give you this huge discount, so please leave a five-star review on Google. Google is a great place to get reviews on. People will literally just find you and click on your website just because of Google if you do well. right? At the same time, the reason why we don't really recommend doing a ton of free projects all the time is because nobody that ever gets a free product is ever satisfied with their free product because no matter how good you do, in the end, it was a free service. No, and it's, it's just not a value on your time. Um, it's easier to compare this with barbers, you know? Hair, you can, it, it constantly needs to be cut, which is different where a track only really needs to be mixed once. It's not going to unmix itself. But at the same time, you only have so many hours in a day you can mix. And honestly, you don't want to be doing it 24 hours a day. You shouldn't. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to lose some of the creative juice you get from your off time, right? When you raise your prices, you're going to lose customers, but you make more in the long run if you do it right. 
And this is something in the economics world called elasticity, which mm-hmm. we can talk about. It's the concept of if Disneyland was making, let's say, let's keep it really simple. If Disneyland had a thousand people who bought their tickets at $50 each, all of a sudden they raised their prices to $100, so twice as much, but only 50 people came in. So half as many people came in. They're making the same amount of money, but you have different costs that they're saving. Right. Now that they have less people waiting in lines too, so yeah. they have higher customer service. There's less people, so they have less litter, so there's less money that they have to spend on janitors. Even though they're making the same amount of money for half the amount of people, they're still making more costs. They're making more money because they're having to use less resources. Right. When a product's elastic, it means a lower price results in a higher revenue. Services are generally non-elastic. Higher prices or lower prices don't always mean higher revenue because time is a variable. Exactly. Unlike products where you just have to mass manufacture and ship them out. Yeah. So that has a lot to do with that. And that's a whole nother topic. And we might get into that a little bit more. Um, but elasticity and how that works into the music business and your pricing is is very, very important as well. Um, especially as you try to figure out how to increase your rates. But let's say for this kid or this adult that is later in their life that is trying to just do music, right? For the first time, they've always had a golden, their golden handcuffs. They, they've been chained. They've been working on their mixing craft or their recording craft. They've been working on a long time, but they've never been able to successfully plant their feet and dedicate time to building a business. I would say start with a relatively medium to low price, maybe not necessarily undercutting everybody and start focusing on services or at least a market tactic that is different from every studio around you. For example, if you, you don't have to undercut, you might have to undercut if you offer the same exact thing as the studio down the street. But if you offer a different service, for example, I specialize in just hip hop, especially in conservative state of Utah, that brings in a lot of business because I don't do, like I specialize in hip hop. No other studio around me does hip hop. You found yeah. a niche market. Yeah. So what does niche market have to do with pricing you think as well? It's good to find yourself somewhere where there isn't a lot of competition. Now, there is a danger there. Some people get there and they don't think about evolving or staying ahead of the market because you're never going to be the lone person in a market forever. But because you found a small pond with no competition, you control that pond. And those are good places to be in. Some people try and be everybody's everything. So they really become nobody's anything. anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's true. And so I think what you're looking at is a supply and demand issue. You start low. You do. You can't just come in as a nobody. If I got in the mixing business, and I'm not a good mix engineer, I'm not. <laughs> we've, we've talked about, I ask you questions all the time. You know that my, my it's, it's not there. But let's say you're passionate enough and you're learning enough. And I want to try. Yeah. I'm probably going to have to do it for a few friends for free just on the first few tracks. To build portfolio. To build a portfolio. Right after that, I start charging. I try and get them to tell friends about me. And I find the price at which people will be willing to use my service. And I slowly raise that as my talent gets better. My equipment becomes more expensive and my time becomes more valuable because more people want me. Now, there is, there's a term used in sales and it, it, it's used with a word that seems pejorative, but it's not meant that way in this. And it's called discriminatory pricing. And I think it's a very valuable tool. Now, it doesn't mean discriminatory pricing like, you know, depending on, the ethnic background of the person. No, 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 no. no, no, I would never encourage that. What I'm saying is allow somebody to pay the value. They see something in it, right? Negotiate your prices. Start at a high rate. Have your posted rates even a little higher than you want to do, but where you know people still have interest and test that, you know, test where you put them. 
then let people talk through what they want, what they need, and then make special packages custom to the person. Now, that can be hard and that can be counterintuitive because if you have people talking, that can cause you issues. So I'm not saying this is always the best case scenario, but you might have someone who comes in and says, hey, I want to mix a new track. I know you have a few people. I want to release a new song episode every month. That person deserves a better price than somebody who comes in and says, I want you to do one album for me real quick. It's nine all up at front. It's heavy loaded. That should be a more expensive contract because at the current moment, they're not looking to do long-term business with you and they're putting a lot of work up front. Exactly. And, and I think this is the real big point is that you make money from repeat clients, not from mm-hmm. first-time clients. Because repeat clients not only are paying you more often and regularly, but at the same time, they're a better word-of-mouth person. They're doing the marketing for you, right? And I don't think it's necessarily bad for two of your clients to be paying a little bit of a different price as long as you have a contract for them. A contract, a non-disclosure agreement. If oh. you need a non-disclosure agreement, I'm happy to provide DK with one so he can have just a free yeah, or sample even, of that. Yeah, or even, to be honest, like I would even go as far as to say, like, you don't really need an NDA. No. But even just say, like, hey, man, just make them feel special. Be like, this yeah. is a special price for you. And whoever comes through the door, you want them, every single person that comes to you, you want them to feel special. You want them to feel like they're getting a deal. But at the same time, in my mind, discount or free work is only used, and I'm going to say this carefully, for me, that's my marketing budget. I could spend $100 running Facebook or Instagram ads, or I can give this person or these two people combined discount of $100, and now I have two people, especially if I do it right, I have two people that are now missionaries in the field, like they're preaching my gospel, being like, DK is the best, and he made me feel special, and he's going to make you feel special too, right? So that is my marketing budget. It's, it's 100 bucks that I could have made, but at the same time, Now I spent it on getting people to speak highly of me. Now, it's not good to do free work because sometimes free work does not result in great word-of-mouth experiences. They may not have a great experience for you. There's actually a term for what you're talking about. It's called losses carried forward. Okay. Tell me more about that. So you consider that a loss on your time. Now, normally, it's, it's easier to measure that in product businesses because when you give a product, there was a cost of goods that you've lost. Mm -hmm. You know, with a loss carried forward, it's the intention of, Losing something now for a greater gain later. Let's say I brought you, I have nine songs I want you to help me produce. You might do the first one for free and say, hey, let me show you what I can do. Mm. And then now I've got one song that's beautifully mastered and finished. And I've got eight more that have to be done. And I don't want there to be discrepancy or to go to somebody who's lesser and have that one so much better. Because consistency in quality is more important than having one thing that's amazing at exactly. the end of the day, mm-hmm. in any product. Mm-hmm. So you have now earned my customer, you know, you've earned me as a customer for those remaining eight songs through a loss carried forward. You know, oh. you lost on that first one. And to be fair, sometimes that customer will walk away with that free song and they won't come back to you. But that's a risk that everyone should be willing to take. You'll, you'll come to learn to read people. Mm-hmm. Most people have a good sense for business, but they don't have a lot of confidence in themselves, which is why other people are better at business than others. Mm, say that again. Say that again. That was, let's hit that hard one more time. Everyone has a sense for business. Some people have more confidence in it. Oof, that is amazing. Especially in the art and creative world. Creative world. Wow, I said that weird. Creative. Creative world. Like, honestly, mixes aren't that different from song to song. Mm-hmm. Like, relatively speaking, I mean, obviously if you AB my mix and somebody else's mix, it'll be different. But at the same time, like if you're not ABing, if you're just listening to a mix, if you've done a good job, like it's not that different, like really. So it all comes down to trust and confidence. 
Learning to sell yourself is the greatest skill you will ever have in any industry, in any business, better than your actual craft is learning how to sell yourself on your craft. And this is huge because saying that you're awesome is never going to work. Like telling a potential client that, trust me, I'm awesome, is not as good as their friend saying, dude, I went to DK and he was the best. He made me feel good, special. Now that friend, that my potential customer, trusts me a hundred times more than if I were to say, I'm awesome, you can trust me. So everything that you do, your Google listing, your, your Instagram posts, your Facebook posts, all of your marketing, to be honest, in my opinion, my sales have gone up way more when I make it less about me. You know what's, this is something that you're not going to relate to, but you know what's something really, really dumb on, an, on a website that I see a lot yeah, is, is, is a gear list. What, so they, they, these engineers, they'll talk about all the gear that they've ever had. You know what makes it, you know what makes a website feel more selfish? Like me, 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 look how awesome I am than a gear list? I mean, a gear list is great if you're the owner of a studio and your entire business is renting out to other people because that's showing the requirements of what they have. But if you're trying to sell your own services, don't have a gear list. I'm just trying to change everyone's paradigm here because the more you make it about you and how I'm the hero, I'm the hero, I'm going to change your song, the less likely people are going to trust you. And in the service industry, especially in mixing, it's all about trust. It's not about the music because the music doesn't change that much, honestly, for real. Like, do they walk out of the door trusting me more? Do they walk out of the door more confident in their own music? Do I motivate them to want to write their next song? Right. No, I, you're touching on a principle that a really good resource for this, if anybody's looking to get better at it, is called My Story Brand. It's a book. Uh, Audible has a great version of it. The idea behind any good marketing campaign, let's take Apple. Nobody has been better at marketing than Apple over the last 30 years. Apple does not pitch themselves as your hero. Mm-mm. They pitch themselves as the guide for the hero, and they vilify something. And this is true across all channels of of advertising what's what's the company that does the mucinex right oh like the uh yeah like the uh, allergy medicine yeah they have that the, the dumb little allergy they vilify it yeah they make it a, like a little disgusting it's a villain character. and then they make themselves not the hero but a guide right you've got a lot to do in your day let's get you back to it right mm. so when i come on to a, if i were to get into music and i wanted to have my music produced if my voice could actually sing mm-hmm and I came to a website and it just talked about how great DK was, I would feel a little bit unconfident coming up to DK because I don't want to feel insecure. Mm-hmm. Now, if it says your voice matters and I can make it stretch across the world, I don't know, that's not the best title, but something that says I will guide you to your top potential, I'm going to feel enabled from your marketing. So let's brainstorm this live right now. What are some ways... Like the first, like if you're going to have a hook or a catch line, a phrase in your studio, um, mixing, mastering, whatever it is, uh, recording, um, let's, let's think of some ideas. So I like what you said, like you're the hero, right? So on my website right now, let's think of a better line for my website. It says something along the lines of you tell the story, I change the sound, right? I think there's a better way of saying that on my website. I think I love where the message is going because you've got the hero dynamic but it misses one component of marketing that's really important for sales. And that is creating the curiosity gap where when somebody lands on a website where they first talk to you, you need them to do an action, right? Mm -hmm. People need several soft closes before they get hard closed. Yeah, so I just literally pulled up my website right now. And I want to use this as an example because I'm not afraid 
no. I've worked on a lot. So the first thing that you see is you tell the story, we set the tone. So DK's website's great. First and foremost, you'll notice his personal logo or brand is small at the top. You don't want your logo to be huge. You want to minimize that. Look at any good website's logo, and it will be that way. He's got the menu bar. He's got a lot of great stuff. But if you notice, you have that main tagline, right? You tell a story, we set the tone. That's great. What needs to come under that in the subcaption is something to create the curiosity gap. And yeah. so... And what is that? What would that be, if you think? It, it, it's different for everybody, but it's something that makes me ask a question of what do you mean by that, right? Yeah. You know, if I'm selling something to you at your door, you know, I'm knocking doors and I say, and we take care of everything. The first question is, well, what is everything, mm -hmm. right? So now when you have the next button, they're going to click through because they want to find something out. So let's use mine as an example and you mm -hmm. rate it right now. So it starts with the big bold and there's, there's a huge uh, call to action at the bottom, but um, the big bold, you tell the story, we set the tone. That's the first thing that they see. And the subtitle underneath it is, we take raw songs recorded anywhere and turn them into something you can brag about. And then right under that, request a quote. Right. I love it. Sometimes I like to have two calls to actions. One that's a soft close for people who, are, who need a little more sales. They need to go to a blog or something to really convince them. Mm -hmm. And then people who just loved it have a button to go right into it. Mm -hmm. I like two calls to action. That's not always the case. But you'll notice on a lot of websites lately, they're moving to two calls to action. Um, so something like learn more and then request a demo, right? Mm, request okay. an example of this. Get something that is committed but not fully invested. Yeah. So you move them through a sales funnel. Sales is a multi-step process. So, so maybe the first soft close would be like request a demo or request um, to listen to some of my songs or something like that, something soft. And then the second one, the harder one being request a quote, people who are ready. Yeah, yeah. So your first one is, um, you know, meet with DK and see if it's right for you, but not, not that many words, right? Short, like you'd mm -hmm. said. But in that tagline where it says, we take raw songs recorded anywhere and turn them into something you can brag about, how do you think you could turn that into something that gaps curiosity, right? Mm, that's a tough one. And I think everybody here should be listening and thinking about that for themselves. How do I turn that into a gap from curiosity. Maybe, maybe I say something along the lines of find your potential sound. Just really simple, maybe. What do you think? I don't know. With a little love and care, what could your voice sound like? Or maybe not that, right? I'm not great at copy. Copy's not my strength. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this about good copy. Good copy is like pornography. <laughs> it is. Why? Because like a former, you know, member of the Supreme Court of Justice said, I know it when I see it. Uh, mm -hmm. Right? I can't give you the exact definition because I don't want to create a boundary for what is or isn't good that's so strict, you know, outliers don't work. Mm -hmm. When I see good copy, I know it. But I know I'm not a writer. I am a very bird's eye marketing strategist. I create the entire vision below that. And I know where my weaknesses are, so I have other people step in. But what I know is, is when I look at this website, the only thing I would change is that piece. That because, subtitle. Mm -hmm, you do brag about yourself a little bit. You've got the partners and clients down here. People need to know you have authority. Mm -hmm. They don't want to feel like you can't do it for them. Like when I come on and I see that you've got WWE on here, instantly I know you have something to brag about. And not everyone has that right off the bat, but use what you have. Put samples of your work up. Mm -hmm. Bring testimonials though. Allow people to see what would my experience be like? If you can do interviews of people who talk about what was it like to get onboarded with DK? How is it working out pricing? 
what was it like after? What was I trying to do before my solution? This is what's properly known as a case study, but you can do it in a video format that doesn't feel as business formal. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe we do one of those for you later and that way people can see it yeah. and we post that on. Absolutely. I would love um, that. And I think um, as we come to a close, I want to put this thought into your mind. Um, whatever you price yourself at, whether you're starting or wanting to increase your rates, whatever you price yourself at, whatever you do, everything, especially as a service-based industry and especially if you're starting up, whatever you do should be based around increasing the customer experience. Because especially in our industry, none of my clients have come in through advertising yet. None of my clients have really come in through anything else other than word of mouth. People have said, DK is awesome, work with DK. Then they email me, message me on Instagram, whatever. That trust is, especially in the mixing world, like recording, it's a little bit less trust, more just equipment. And do I trust you enough to be able to run Pro Tools, right? But in mixing specifically, it's so much trust. Do I trust you with my songs, my sound, my baby, right? Um, and there's no other way to get over trust, better way to get over trust than to have word of mouth, people spreading your, you know, your gospel around. And so everything that you do, your price should be based around what's going to be expensive enough yet cheat enough where you can spend the time to make them feel special, right? What are you going to give them in exchange for a discount? What, what is a discount? If you're going to give them free work, what is the agreement? What, when is a good time to do free work, right? Make it because, intentional. Exactly. So they feel satisfied and happy that you felt like you've gone above and beyond for them. Every single customer you work with should feel like you've gone above and beyond for and them. And you don't want to feel bitter about it later either. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, at this, yeah exactly. That's actually a really good point. Don't do it so cheap and so long that you regret ever working with them. That's a really good point. So on that note, what do you have to say, the last thing about customer experience? If I ever found out that somebody had listened to this episode and they were thinking about their marketing or how do I get more customers or how do I compete with the person and their first thought was I should lower my price, I will personally find them and wring them around the neck (laughs) because marketing is about projecting yourself on the customer in a way that they see themselves through a hero journey and that their their first thought isn't your price. Obviously, you don't want to be absurd about what Mm -hmm. you're charging. But and there's also like the market value, like true value in your service. Yeah, and I want to modify that with a little bit because where sometimes where depending on where you're at and your competition around in the area, which if you have that competition mentality, that scarcity mentality is probably not good for your business, you know. But at the same time, like you, you might have to charge lower than you wish because nope. you're new. So it's it's a balance of adding value, giving value, doing everything that you can in every step of the process, giving value to the customer. Um, But at the same time, being humble enough to know when you're not charging enough or when you're charging too much. I agree. I think it's worth saying that startups don't know how to fire their customers well enough. As you grow, if your customers don't recognize your value has increased, don't let your personal feelings get in the way of your business. Always keep things relationship-based, but don't let your customers mistreat you. Absolutely. And on that note, happy mixing. Stay saucy, my friends. Have a great week. One, two, three. This episode of Mixing Music with DK has been brought to you by Launchpod Media. If you want to start a podcast, make sure to start it right with Launchpod Media.
Is episodes once a week not enough for you? Or are you looking for more technical information from the Mixing Music Podcast? Well, guess what? Now you can. You can subscribe to our exclusive content and triple the amount of episodes that you get access to. That's right. Instead of the free once a week episodes, you get three episodes a week for only $4 a month or $40 a year. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive to get access to those episodes now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.